Hey, folks, welcome back to a special edition of The Electables. Uh, this is Doug Thornell. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Adrian Elrod. Adrian, how you doing? I'm great. I am um, just completely, I continue to be completely flabbergasted by how much the race has changed over just such a short amount of time. Um, you know, this time, two weeks ago, Doug, we thought that Bernie Sanders was going to be the nominee. Um, and the look where we are now, it's really quite a remarkable turnaround, continues to, to be so. And one of the things that I find completely stunning, besides the fact that Joe Biden is outperforming Bernie Sanders in almost every demographic group, is how, you know, the, the fact that Bernie Sanders voters are not getting out to vote. The young people are still not turning out to vote. This is something that we talked a lot about, of course, Doug, before voting started. Are young people really going to turn out? Bernie is, you know, is really caught wind. You know, he's got these huge events with all these young people who are so excited about his candidacy and his policies and really look to him to be their leader, but they're not turning out in the numbers that we thought they would. So you're not, you're, you're combining that with the fact that Joe Biden has been able to coalesce pretty much everybody else in the Democratic Party. We saw an exit polls last night in Michigan in particular that Elizabeth Warren voters broke for um, Sanders, I mean, I'm sorry, b- broke for Biden over Sanders. Um, that was pretty significant. It makes you wonder what would have happened if Elizabeth Warren had, in, in, in fact, endorsed in this race. If she had endorsed Bernie Sanders, would that have changed? I don't know. Um, but I just, you know, this is, I've never seen anything like this. And I've also never studied anything in the history books of political science and political campaigns, any sort of uh, quick turnaround that happened this fast and this decisively. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, you know, I think the the one uh instance that I think is somewhat comparable just in terms of the shock value besides the results on last in in November of 2016 which weren't that shocking to me but uh was uh that was Secretary Clinton's win in New Hampshire in 2008 when everyone had assumed that she was going to lose and Barack Obama was going to win that and he was up by a lot of points and then I think you could also look at you know the the shift how quickly things shifted in 2004 to John Kerry, John Kerry was written off. Um, you know, I uh, I remember very clearly because I was working for Governor Dean at the time. You know, he was the he was the front runner. He was the front runner nationally, Iowa, and then just in a matter of a few weeks, things shifted very quickly. Kerry went on to win Iowa, New Hampshire, and then had a great Super Tuesday. Yeah, but and that, sort of this shifted in like four days. This shifted in four days. This no, that's true. That's true. Um, the moment Jim Clyburn endorsed, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about. You know, a couple of weeks. I'm talking about the fact that this shifted so quickly, literally in a matter of days. I mean, Joe Biden got yep. second place Absolutely. in Nevada. And nobody, totally. It didn't even seem to really count that he got second place in Nevada because the results were so slow coming in. And then he just crushed it in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, look, I think we haven't seen anything. The the speed of how 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 um, how quickly um, things turned in Biden's favor, especially when you consider. Biden didn't really have a lot of money. He wasn't up on TV in a lot of these places. He hadn't been able to travel to a lot of these places. You know, Bernie had a significant camp, uh, fundraising advantage. He was up on TV in a lot of these places. The conventional wisdom was that he had more uh, enthusiasm behind his campaign, you know, that there was more of an organization. Um, 
And I think a lot of that has been turned upside down uh, by the results that we're seeing, um, you know, both last night and on Super Tuesday. And, and, and you know, it's interesting. It's not so much – I think a lot of people – you know, I think when we look back on this race, particularly in the next couple of weeks – or the next couple months, people are going to want to look at, well, what did Bernie do wrong? And what did, you know, and how did, you know, how did things turn? You know, I'm not entirely sure if it's so much that think that Bernie was doing anything wrong. I mean, obviously, we can critique some decisions he's made. But it's not as if he we've seen a big drop in support of Bernie. What we've seen a big, I think, is what we've seen is a big coalescing behind Biden by by the by the by a, a lot of supporters of the other candidates. And that has really boosted him. So it's been more of sort of what has Biden done right, I think, and, and what has and what has appealed to people. And, I agree. You know, I mean, because it's not as if Bernie's dropping down to, I mean, Mississippi, obviously, some of these southern states. But overall, like in Michigan, you know, he got 40 percent of the vote, which, you know, would lead you to believe. I mean, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was at 20 percent. It was just that Biden was able to, you know, uh, he was able to appeal to Amy Klobuchar voters, uh, Pete Buttigieg voters, uh, uh, um, uh, some, you know, some Elizabeth Warren voters, and then turn out a lot of these voters who, um, you know, who are suburban voters and obviously African American voters um, to put together this really. I think uh, I think if you're Trump, you're looking at this coalition that Biden's building, and I think you got to be really worried. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Bernie, I'm I'm sorry, Biden is winning in states that Trump needs to win in order to be reelected. Now, of course, he's running in a Democratic primary. These voters don't necessarily represent the overall electorate in the state. But the fact that he's doing so well throughout the South, um, you know, shattering, shattering, you know, turnout is being shattered across the board, Um, you know, strong numbers in Mississippi, I think. I read that he literally got like 98% of African-American voters in Mississippi over the age of 60. I mean, it was something like really astronomical. I mean, he's just crushing it. And that's obviously a very reliable voting block. But to the point, Doug, that you mentioned, I mean, the real number that Trump has got to be worried about is the fact that Joe Biden is outperforming Hillary Clinton in 2016 and to an extent Barack Obama in 2012 with white working class voters who got Donald Trump over the finish line in 2016 in the election, who delivered a win for him, white working class voters. And many of those voters in 2016 who voted for Trump were Obama Trump voters. Um, you know, I haven't had a chance to really look at all of the um, polling breakdown as a, you know, since, since Biden's been back on top. But what he is doing is he is outperforming Sanders in almost every group across the board, except for young people under the age of 30, young white voters under the age of 30, i.e. millennials. But he is also doing very well with a very base of supporters that Trump needs to win over in order to be reelected. Yeah. What, so, Adrian, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not in the I don't believe that, um, you know, Democrats at this stage should be calling on Bernie Sanders to drop out. I think that's a deeply personal decision to by his by you know that he should make and his campaign should make. Obviously, he's he's he does carry a lot of support. Um, you know, I, we do have a debate coming up. I would hope that both Biden and Sanders, um, you know, their strategy at this debate should be about express you know sort of a clear 
um, articulation of what their vision is and contrasting that with Donald Trump and less contrasting with each other. I think there are more areas, many more areas where these two individuals agree than they disagree. Hopefully that comes across, assuming there is a debate. Um, and, you know, I do think that, you know, for Biden, when you're looking at these exit poll numbers, there are a lot, there's a lot of things for, you know, the Biden campaign to be very uh, 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 optimistic about. But he did, you know, he is still not doing particularly well with young voters. And so I think this is a real opportunity for Biden and his campaign to figure out how they can slightly tilt their message to start appealing to a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters in a way that isn't pandering and in a way that doesn't feel like they're, you know, they're pressuring him to get out. I thought he did a really good job in his speech last night oh, to try too. to start unifying. Beautiful. You know, yeah, trying to start unifying the party. And I think both you and I have said for a long time that, it's not just beating Donald Trump. That's really important. But voters have, have for a long time indicated in polls that they want someone who can unite this country and starts with uniting the party. And, and that's one place where Biden has really excelled. Yeah. And, and to your point, Doug, his speech last night was really incredible. And I loved the sort of, um, you know, general election, I've got this, I'm already the nominee tone that he took on for lack of a better phrasing way of phrasing it he really leaned into unity he leaned into electability um but he was very respect respectful and very graceful why because he knows that he needs those bernie sanders supporters in his corner if he's going to actually defeat donald trump you know we didn't always have the bernie sanders um you know supporters behind us his team was behind us you know bernie campaigned for us and um we had a great working relationship with jeff weaver and the rest of his apparatus in, in 2016 when we went into the general, but there's a whole lot more at stake this time around, right? Like we obviously were trying to win the nom or we're trying to win. We are trying to ensure that Donald Trump didn't um, set foot in the White House. That unfortunately didn't happen. Now we've got to get Trump out of the White House. So there's so much more at stake. Um, we know that Bernie Sanders, we, we're hearing that we're going to be hearing from him today. He didn't make a statement last night, um, but Joe Biden was so graceful and so tactful in the way he um, d talked about Bernie and talked about this election. And, you know, he also knows he's got to know that it's incumbent on him, Joe Biden, to um, reach out to the Bernie folks when the time is right. And um, when Bernie decides, you know, presumably decides to get out of the, the race um, because there's just not a, an opportunity for him to win. Um, and I think we're going to see that after next Tuesday when we've got two big states. Um, coming forward. Of course, Ohio is a big state, um, big delegate rich state in the primary process, and Florida. Those are two states that we um, that will be voting next Tuesday. So if Biden has a strong debate um, and or even just a decent debate and, and does well, just like he did last night um, on the states that vote on March 17th, I think this, he's going to be very hard to beat. Right. And I know we're, we've got to we've got to cut this one short, but I do think that Democrats should also feel really good about what they saw in turnout in Michigan. The party chair there, Lavora Barnes, said that turnout increased by almost 30 percent over what uh, turnout was in the primary in 2016. So that's a testament to both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders uh, in turning out supporters. And that's the type of energy that we're going to need in Michigan and Wisconsin and, and Pennsylvania in, in, in November in order to, to beat Trump. So um, anything else, Adrian, before we break? Um, no, no. Very exciting uh, times. 
from my partner in crime, Adrian Elrod. I am Doug Thornell. This has been The Electables. We'll catch you next time.